Welcome to the Dribble Podcast, your weekly fix of all things Perth Wildcats and Aussie basketball, presented by Perth Now. Hello and welcome once again to the Dribble Podcast, your place for the inside word on all things Perth Wildcats, and there's plenty to discuss after a tough week on the court. My name's Chris Robinson from Perth Now in the West, and joining me every week, three-time NBL champ and Perth Wildcats vice-captain, and a man I found out today who's surprisingly good at drawing love hearts on Instagram stories, <laughs> uh, Mr. Greg Hyatt. Greg, welcome. Jeez, yeah, no, it's, uh, oh man, I'm a hopeless romantic, but thank you. It's uh, My mum hasn't spoken to me for about a week because of the, the poor results, so hopefully get get back on the right track this weekend and uh, we'll, be, we'll be flying. Um, tell us about the week with the family. We'll get to the results yep. very shortly, but how nice is it to come home from Sydney? Obviously, a, a long plane trip home, a couple of tough results, but I'd imagine you put things in perspective very quickly. Yeah, I think yeah, it's the most refreshing thing, and I think it really helps... Um, put things in perspective in a way there's obviously I mean in my life I do a lot with uh, my own charity organisation which obviously um, when you impact a lot of other people's lives and you're, and you're talking to people that are really struggling and um, you always feel a little bit sorry for yourself um, but then you know they're in, in very dire circumstances and, and struggling you, you, it gives you a little bit of motivation to help them out but with a family no doubt about it you know like woke up in the morning and I was pumped to see my son do because um he obviously didn't know uh, the results and he was eagerly waiting my arms and just wanted to play around and that whole day was just good to sort of go to swimming pool go to playground um, and sort of just take your mind off things because um, you know when you play so poorly um, you can obviously start thinking about things quite a quite a significant bit I am I'm a huge thinker as well so um, having a little fella definitely helps me out absolutely you've always got love from the family now before we get into mm. the NBL talk there was a bit of SBL news uh, uh, yep. late last week with the announcement that you'd be playing for the Rockingham Flames yes. uh, over the NBL off-season. Surprising because you are the mayor of Wanneroo, so well-loved <laughs> up in Joondalup, yep. Wanneroo Way. Talk us through the, the decision to, to play for Rockingham and, and the sort of reception you expect from, yeah. from those in the north. Oh, mate, oh, and I'll put it straight on the line because a lot of people have asked me about it and sometimes even it's come across the wrong way. It was a, it's a very, uh, it was a very tough decision, more so as well because uh, one, I have to put my family um, first and foremost most is quite important. Um, we're having a second kid on the way, so all those circumstances, um, and Ainsley being won a championship with Wolves too. So there's a lot of loyalty, loyalty there. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, you know, you never, I never really had that uh, thinking. Oh, was I going to play SP or not? You know, it's always you obviously have that discussion with the coaches. But Rockingham made a, a quite a, a very aggressive approach to, to get me on board, which yep. was nice. It was surprising, but um, it was just sort of good to have. You know, not a club, but they made a very heavy approach and. Um, you know, in terms of wanted me to more so change the culture, um, give me an opportunity to really hone my craft, which and if you're going to play in the off-season, that's what you want to do. You want to put your best foot forward and get ready for the NBL season, and the SBL provides a platform to do that. But um, I gave all um, the respect to Wanneroo and, um, because, look, as I've been with him for however long and was a former captain of a championship-winning side, you've got to go and, and basically I wanted to say, hey, here's an offer. 
can we come to an agreement because I'd obviously love to play stay with Wainaroo and more so I want to be able to one most importantly be put in an opportunity where I can grow as a player and, and significantly impact compete for a championship but grow as a player that's what I said to Wolves and then also hey look obviously it's a no brainer but from a financial perspective can we come to an agreement as well where it doesn't put your club in jeopardy but it's you know I've had to take a lot of sacrifices over my lifetime because um, of that sort of loyalty existing. Unfortunately, what the case was is, um, yeah, they've they've had their priorities of recruiting two imports, two mm-hmm. quality imports, which you can't um, be upset about. Um, they also wanted, um, I guess, a commitment from me that I would have to play. Yeah, you know, I would play in grand final series, um, the the first game of the season, and all these sort of games, um, which I unfortunately can't do just due to Wildcat sort of, of commitments. Course. So, yep. um, yeah, you know, that, unfortunately, that we couldn't come to an agreement, and and quite, um, well, I would say, disappointing in a way because um, to do that. But in saying that, I'm I'm pretty excited about what's going to happen at Rockingham and just that young group, and it's a it's a new venture. It's uh and something I've never experienced. Before four will get me out of my comfort zone and you know I've laughed a look of sort of and sort of has grinded my gears a little bit some people sort of said oh well you you know you're going to be playing how many games or you training and mate I'm a professional player for a reason I've been doing it for such a long time I'm a vice captain of the club for Mm -hmm. you know for so so long so this is no gimmick I'm going to go to compete and to try and get the best out of myself and other players and so I'll be playing a minimum of 20 games my wife will be giving birth I think that's a pretty good priority so I'll miss a couple of yep, games there I that's fair, yep. um, and I hope that we win a championship but we also have the Wildcats ball so that falls in a line so mm-hmm. all these Wildcats commitments you know there'll there be five or six games where unfortunately I won't be able to partake but um, other side of that I'll be gung-ho and, and looking forward to it in terms of a reception uh, look Wolves I'm sure they got a loyal fan base as well I know a lot of them if if they didn't give it to me, I'd be disappointed because um, I've seen I've seen them give it to a lot of players over time, um, hopefully in a respectful manner. But yes. um, I, I'm excited to play against them, um, knowing what what's there and. Um, yeah, it'll be fun, um, that's for sure. But I've done nothing wrong, you know. So um, I gave the club a chance to say, hey, we would want you back. Um, that wasn't the case. So um, now I've just got to move forward and obviously make sure that um, I look in, in forward for my best interest because that's, you know, at this point of career, I want to continue being a significant player for the Wildcats and mm-hmm. got to be in the best position. And I think Rockingham would definitely do that and, but, and as well financially. But... I want to put this one thing straight, and this is has irked me, is people saying that I've priced myself out. That's absolute utter rubbish because yep. I'm a nice, I'm a genuine human being. And so if a club that I've been associated with for 10 years um, gives you an offer that's, you know, um, it's respectable. Yep. I would have taken it, yep. you know, and I've had to take sacrifice before. But to say I priced myself out, or I've wanted a, wanted a third of a salary cap, I'm not LeBron James. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not Sean Redditch. I don't think I would ever ask for that. So I'll put that on the line because I've been actually starting to get frustrated because putting um, to to put that away because at the end of the day it is just SBL, and so people yes. sort of need to calm down just a, yes. a, a tad bit in you'd, those regards. You'd yeah. like to think the vast majority <laughs> of people would understand that it's going to be a terrific yeah, storyline for, sure. for the league, the birth of a exactly. new rivalry, and hopefully that you will get the uh, respect you deserve for from sure. the fans up north. Talk us through the NBA 
Media weekend, yeah. mate. Obviously, didn't go to plan for you guys with two tough losses to Sydney, one here and one away. No what have you sort of identified in the, the days that have followed as to the reasons why it went so wrong? You know, and I'd love to say, um, you know, not to, to gloss it and say, oh, we'll be all right. And there's no doubt. But uh, the, the last... Oh, Three days. Um, obviously, came in. Uh, tu- uh, well, what day is it today? Thursday. Correct. Thursday, yeah, yep. Sorry, yep. I lost, lost days. <laughs> Tuesday, we had a pretty long day. We we're up at six o'clock watching film, um, and didn't get done till one. And mm-hmm. that's been one of the best sessions I've been a part of. And I'm not just saying that because of it, but from what was said upstairs and being honest with each other, and I think that was huge. We had um, stuff that we'll keep in house, but that direct feedback that the the whole team provided from coaches to staff to staff to coaches to players to players um, was tremendous but the follow through was absolutely fantastic we got on the court and everything that we had discussed um, was was felt and we went, we went through and then we backed it up today and it would have been easy to say hey we that very first day of training session everyone just wants to write things and be all good but come today everyone was there again and the most important thing is obviously keeping that for Saturday, um, but no, I'm I'm excited about what's what's ahead. You know, um, there's no doubt we're not playing great basketball. We haven't been for the last six games, um, and you know, there's obviously a lot of a lot of issues there. I think. The intensity factor definitely is accounted in a couple of games. I think, you know, and everyone can say, well, you know, at the end of a fourth quarter, you're playing hard. How can you not do that for, um, for 40 minutes? Yeah, that's, 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 I guess, what's being asked. But how can you sustain that intensity for 40 minutes? Mm-hmm. We've definitely have got a heavy reliance on JP and Bryce. Um, and so there's some other guys need to step up. But in saying that, I think it all goes back to defense, and that's our identity, and that's what gets everyone going. Um, and it's not being—it's. I don't think the effort's not there. You're a professional player for a reason. The effort will always be there, but it's using that effort in a right way mm. in terms of two guys rotating on a loose guy, um, not communicating in defense, not setting a hard screen, not making a hard cut, which from the mo- most general people, they just see that and go, oh, he missed a shot. But from a basketball player that's been doing it his whole life, we see those little things. And when you slow down in video, those things are so easily rectified. And when we look at it, we go far out. We played absolutely disgusting. But it wasn't like Sydney just went, they blew us. But don't get me wrong, Sydney were outstanding on both accounts, mm-hmm. more so on Sunday. They played really good basketball. They showed us how to play team basketball. Unselfish, move the basketball, mm-hmm. get it to the hot guy. And that's, for us, is what we've got to go back to, those sort of basic things. And I think there's a lot of players who really started the, the season quite well. Um, and they can also... And we've said that. You need to just go back to the basics. You know, if you're open, shoot the ball. If you um, take two hard dribbles, lay it up. Don't do anything else. So... I'm excited because um, what I've seen in the last two days and then even on our day off, every single guy was in there um, chomping, you know. And, and um, you know, for us, six games, three against the next top four um, who are in the, currently top four, you know, we could be saying, I could be here in two weeks' time and we could be sitting top two, you know, and it's easily in our hands. Um, and and that's, a, that's a positive thing for us, you know. Um, and I know with this group mindset, um, we're a resilient bunch. We've taken a beating over our whole career. We haven't always just been sitting on the top. Last year, we were sitting at the bottom of the ladder. We'll respond as a group. There's no denying that. Um, you know, there's, there's a great group of veterans that will help us lead that and a great uh, group of young guys who are enthusiastic and their energy is contagious and they'll help us a long way. Yeah. 
um, I do feel like your your defensive numbers have have been fairly strong, but you're probably not getting the your points. You're probably not getting points Correct. out of your defense. You're not able to you know impact steals, transition points, and that sort of thing, which I feel like is is hurting you guys. Just back on the the video review session. Yep. Um, and I'm not talking about you specifically here, but how hard is it when that tape gets paused and oh. it's a mistake that you've made, one of the players in the team has made, it gets called out, the tape's paused, it's there for all to see. How tough is that to take when you're in front of the group um, having done something that you know, you'd mm. rather would not have done? Mate, every time we watch a video session, if you're not on the court, it's a good thing. Because, like, in that situation, like, literally, like, in the first, I was like, because sometimes we watch a first half or, or bits, you yeah. know, and if it's been a critical game, like a bad, poor game, sometimes we'll watch segments. And so you literally, first thing, the next clip might change, and you feel like you're not on the court. Awesome. Like, yeah. oh, I'm not yeah. going to get yeah. found out here. <laughs> and in the game as well, even though you may play, I mean, a lot of minutes, even if you play 20 minutes, you basically remember every single play, you know, and so especially when you watch a video like oh here we go I didn't talk here on this screen or I didn't make the extra pass or made a silly turnover and so like yeah like the first half I made a boneheaded pass to Jesse which was in the zone made a turnover and then I compound that with an offensive foul two possessions later and so I was sort of relaxed and then I was like here we go I'm going to get absolutely smashed here mm. but it's needed and um, you know like I think for us you take the good with the bad as well. Like in some of those moments, and that was actually a good thing. Generally, when we've lost, we've sort of looked at those those video games being very critical of each other, said here's where it is, and we sort of forget about what's the good things. And then there's a couple of moments that we're watching the game, we're like, mate, like in terms of the whole context of the game, there was some high effort plays, you know, but there was just too far in between. Um, look, here's this opportunity where you like, you know, there was a great shot um, by, sorry, we got Bryce wide open right here. Like, we need to work on those things, and so you can sort of forget about that positive stuff. Um, so it's good, but yeah, it's I tell you what, it's one of the tougher things you have to do, especially when you, know, you lose by 28 and you're sort yes. of looking at that and going, there's not much to, to be positive about. Yes, I would hate to be sitting <laughs> watching social basketball uh, footage of our games every week a few days after the fact. And it's funny, sometimes you have a great game too in your head. You're like, yeah, you know, impact the game. And you watch it, yeah. even when I get home sometimes and I'm watching it and then I'm like... Actually, had a pretty poor game, yeah. to be honest. Why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny. Um, you talked about the sort of back to basics approach. Yeah. Um, some of the guys playing well early in the season, yeah. maybe not playing so well at the moment. Angus Brandt probably falls into that category. Mm. How do you guys sort of get him going? Because it seems like it's a mindset. Teams yeah, are sort sure. of uh, adjusted to yeah. the way that he plays down low. Have you guys talked about that this week? Yeah, I mean, but it's tough because you know on Friday night, you know he missed. He, I think he missed his first five or six shots and they were clean looks. They were gettable, yeah. You know, and um, from that, you know, like I look at it and I, even maybe the very first game of the season, like he, I think he may have been in the same situation. He, he missed four or five okay. and same deal in the first game and, you know, um, from an outside perspective, people are like, oh, well, he should do something else or whatever. His, you know, his hook shot's not trustable. It's not a, a, a gettable shot. Mm -hmm. But if 
if Gus passed those shots up, I would be so agitated and I would sort of be like, well, what's the point of you being in the game then? And so I would want him to take those shots yeah. every single week and you need that's his mindset. I mean, he's at training. And it's clearly a mindset from him, you know, when he's, I like him to be selfish. And as, as funny as that sounds, I want him to go, you know what, give me the ball. I'm going to put my shoulder straight in someone's chest. If I get an offensive foul, so be it. But my mindset is I'm going to completely dominate the opposition centre. And um, and when he has that, you know, he, he's an absolute beast. And those looks he got were great. Like, it's... There's not much to Gus's game. He's not Hakeem Olajuwon, you know. He's not, he's not doing the dream shake. Like, he's a big boy. And he's got those tools. I mean, there's no point. You have to go to his strength. And a hook shot is his strength. He can take it. Yes, he's got he's got combo moves. No doubt about that. But once you start trying to change it, and that's back to that basics. Like, he, I'll live with that every single time. I hope come Saturday he's got that now. Yes, he'll have to adapt. Alex Pleasure is a big body. Hakeem Christmas, massive body as well. Um, but the, my thing as well, and with a lot of these guys, is when you're not playing as well that you were at the start of the season, you start thinking results not process and so for Gus um, if he's not scoring as easy as as it seems and we all get that um, impact the game in another way like you know what get Bryce open on a screen get an O board lay someone out like on a you know when they drive just be intimidating Mm. because you know, you don't scoreboard pressure. Yes, that's fine. That you that come, but I can tell you, like as being a role player, I, if I get an O board or a deflection or a hustle play or a dive in the loose ball, that gets me in the game. That's when I'm like, you know what, I want to shoot a three. Like, oh yeah, I'll do this sort of stuff. And that's where I think all of us has got to go. You know, we can still impact the game whether it's being on the scoreboard or not, and then we can get ourselves going. Absolutely, um, New Zealand for you guys on Saturday night at home, always a challenge. Yep. They got you at home last time, which sort of started yep. a, a bit of a tricky run at home for you guys now. Uh, Paulie Hanaro came out today. Um, I'll read you some quotes that he's come out with, which might add a little bit of spice to okay. this one. And I'm quoting Haven't here. Heard it yet. This is New Zealand's coach, Paulie Hanaro. Quote, I think they'll come out, try and bully us, push and shove and get that 13,000 fan base behind them and get some energy that way. Whenever Perth teams of the past have been in a lull or a slump, they respond with physicality or intensity. And if we're not ready for a fight, it could be a long night. Thoughts on uh, the Breakers coach there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to. I mean, um, I think we've done a poor job of adjusting to referees, to mm-hmm. be honest. I think every single game that we've played in recent times, other teams have punched us straight in the mouth. And then we've sort of gone, let's complain to the refs and say, well, what's going on? Um, this is how it shouldn't be called. And then once we go, well, okay, we can sort of respond. It's a bit too late. Yeah. You know? And that's happened every single time. And New Zealand are physical. And that will happen in the playoffs. And it happens at the back of the season. At the start of the year, calls, um, those ticky-tacky sort of calls will be a bit more, will be cold, hands-on, whatever. And then towards the back of the season, it starts getting a little bit more physical and, and start, you know, people start figuring each other out, scouting, you know, you know where everyone's going. Um, and, yeah, I think that will be every single time. And it'll be interesting to look, in our encounter since I've started, the possession battle was huge. And that is O-boards, um, getting extra shots and doing all that since, since I've started. And so 
physicality accounts for that. And uh, mm-hmm. he's completely right. I mean, there's no reason why uh, Vicona has been as successful as, as he can be because he's the most physical... And he's intimidating, yes. ...guy in the league for however many years. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's got that mindset instilled in his players for sure. Always a great battle between those two teams. On the breakers, um, we saw Cairns at the weekend get them down the stretch they were down yep. and then they went super small yep. against New Zealand down the stretch and were able to get the job done yep. have you guys sort of looked at that this week is there any sort of blueprint there where you might be able to go a little bit smaller against them and 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 maybe have some sort of vulnerability on Yeah, them? I think you just got to play. I mean, whoever's got to get, got it going. And Trevor's pretty good with that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's a little bit of spluttering, he'll try and, you know, go. You know, there's been some times I've been thrust into the a, a four-man position just to, to, I guess, keep it fresh and to see if you can get a, a new look. Um but I mean, in terms of how we train, we we try a variety of lineups at, at, on the on the court. It's not like we're going to try and change that, but it's not something that we do on a consistent basis to, to rely on. But if those guys have got it going, I mean, they've had it in the past. You know, Waxy, Jesse, JP, Bryce, and Damo or Jared. Um, yeah, we'll definitely go with that. And, and I think that's what the cans they got it they got it rolling, and then they just stuck with it. Yeah. Um, momentum's a hell of a thing, you know, and you've got to go with it until it stops. And I think Cairns went eight and eighteen and zero with. That that sort of lineup, yeah, yeah. and you go off it. But hey, it can happen the next game, and then you go on 18. You never know. So, um, but Trez pretty good with that, and he says that a lot. You know, he's, he'll go off the best five playing at the same time and um, ride those guys while they're hot. Couple of fan questions before we start wrapping up, and the question that a lot of NBL fans have been answering over the past week or two. The NBL's 40th season okay. celebrations. Yeah, love it. They've been asking for, they've put out, the league has put out their best 40 players of all time, their 40 greats. Yep. And I've been asking fans to piece together their best five. I've taken this as sort of a starting five sure. as if you were putting a lineup out for on the sure. floor. Okay. So for what it's worth, my best five of all time, Ricky Grace at the point, Andrew Gaze at shooting guard. Anyone who doesn't have Andrew Gaze <laughs> at shooting guard just shouldn't be playing this yeah. game, full stop. Uh, Leroy Loggins at the three. Yeah, I love that. There's a few guys there. Yeah, yeah. and then James Crawford and Mark Bradkey in the front okay. court. With sincerest apologies to Daryl McDonald, who could have easily taken out Ricky Grace yeah. uh, in the point guard spot. Guys like Brett Maher, CJ Bruton, Rob Rose, yeah. Scott Fisher, Tony Ronaldson. Yeah. If you had to put a five together, are you yeah, sort of in that I've, ballpark? I've actually put my list together, okay. but I won't because I stuffed around. I was joking around because <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> No, uh, Rashad discredit. Tucker? No, David Stiff was uh, was a guy, and I was like, I don't think I, I did see that. Yeah, and I was like, oh, and I, like, he's a great I know player, a but he's not, he's not top forty. Yes, like, um, correct. But anyway, I uh, one. This is I have to. I love Wildcat fans. Don't get me wrong, but I saw a Wildcat fan that did not have Andrew Gaze in there and they had all Incorrect Wildcat answer. players and I was Incorrect like answer. do not I don't care where <laughs> your loyalties lie Andrew Gaze if he is not unanimous it's a, I'm pretty sure it's a 13 time scoring oh, champ in this league how many mate, more like yeah so Gaze <laughs> is going there straight away now this is yes. um and so on a serious note, I'll take David Steph out. I'd have Matt Nielsen at the power forward. Yep. I'd have Anstey. Yep. And I sort of was going oh JC Anstey, I don't know, but just because I'm a, a, bit, a bit younger and mm-hmm. I don't want to be predominantly Wildcats. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I'd have Anstey, Nelly, uh, Gaze. This is where I went Sam McKinnon. Sam, Sam McKinnon. Because yep, also he's an athlete answer. like me. 
<laughs> and then I'm going to put it out there. But there was a there's a plethora of guards, but you'd have to go Grace. I mean, that's that Wildcat sort of tie, so I'd have Grace. But yeah, you got Derek Rucker. That he, he, yeah. is it. I yep. mean, Shane Hill. Shane Hill is should another be in the one. mix as well. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Vlahov is another guy. But um, yeah, it's it's funny because when you look at that and you go, well, Nelly didn't play. Matt Nelson didn't play a long time in the NBL, mm. but he was pretty dominant and then you go is he is he the top 40 NBL because once he got to his top he went to Europe so so you go like gaze is there for however many years and yeah. you look at say a guy like okay why, why is James Ennis not considered yeah you know, exactly like, um, longevity needs to be correct so yeah in, but yeah. it's um no nah, it's interesting but uh, I mean I saw that list and I was like wow that is a you know like and there's some guys that just I appreciate what they've done for the game like a Glenn Savile like who won't get yeah. it but like go he played in the league for however many years and I remember like one time when I got in the league I was a development player and, and he was on his last legs I think he was, might have been the last season and I think I tried to reach out to him because I wanted him to sort of just give me a little bit of advice and I was thinking to myself how weird is that like an I don't think Sav is going to be like, I'm going to give an opposition player like advice. And he never did until he retired and I sort of wanted to speak to him a little bit. And he's yeah. a great guy. I always, we always see each other in, uh, in the gong. Um, but I think that would be, a, I'm sure he's like, oh, I don't know about an opposition player asking me to sort of help yeah. him out. But but who cares? I, I, wanted to, I wanted to learn from the best. And, and Sav at that time was, you know, a legend. So, uh, I love that. <laughs> the KG veteran who goes, I'm not going to tell you anything yeah. while I'm still playing. When I'm retired, I'll, I'll hear well, you. Well, it's one of my favorite stories of all time brad robbins got in the game very first time ever he was playing for victoria giants i think at the time okay and he was guarding gays and uh it's awesome so he goes in and he's nervous you know and he's like up and in and whatever and um and gays went to shake his hand and said mate well done young fella like congratulations i'm sure you have an incredible year as he shook his hand he pushed him to the side ball was already thrown in because Rob was like oh awesome went to shake his hand pushed his wow. hip to the side gaze had a backdoor <laughs> cut scored it went down and said sorry mate like oh, I had to do it and um, oh, like you got like, you got to give him respect one that's why he's in the in the team yes. if you can do that um, but what who has the respect of every player to go I'll shake this guy's hand mm. mid game like that is Bloody incredible! Yes, so, no, absolutely, <laughs> and and guys like that, and you you saw it with Michael Jordan as well. Later yeah. in their career, they don't. I mean, guys never had Michael Jordan type athleticism, yeah, yeah, yeah. but later in their <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe borderline. Yeah. But later in their career, being able to adjust, being yeah, smart enough sure, to know sure. how can I still get my buckets? Yeah, exactly. I mean, one season, I'm sure you average like 36 or 38 mm. or something, and like. You marvel at that. I mean, I know it's 48 minutes, but that's ridiculous Like to, to have that over a season. I mean, when we talk about Jordan averaging that like in his third year, you're like, yeah. wow. But this is gays. Like in Australian basketball, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. For sure. Do you have a favorite memory? I mean, as far as the guys who have been the Wildcats legends yeah, who have yeah. been around the club, do you have a sort of memorable moment meeting those guys for the first time or stories that they have imparted on you guys? Yeah, I mean, gays, it'll go down. Like, I mean, I, I remember my, um, when I was a development player, I was able to go on a trip with him to China um, and he was the coach. And I had to pinch myself at times too. Like, you'd be at dinner and, like, you know, he would... I, I would catch myself literally open mouth just like listening to him because he'd be telling stories and, and going through that and um, yeah you just sort of go you just get caught up in that you feel like you're like there's a guy who I like was like my 
idol, you know, hero mm -hmm. going up. But it's always good to see guys. Um, I remember a good one when I first started SBL. Oh, sorry, I was my very first or second year SBL. And uh, I was playing a good minutes and Sterling Senators had a pretty stacked team. Uh, Tony Ronson, Travis Lane was playing and Matt Shanahan. Um, and they were going, yeah, pretty good. And so I was up and in and I, I was, you know, just that energy guy just trying to go around. And um, Tony set the biggest screen on me. I, I would have, honestly, I thought it would have dislocated my shoulder. Yeah. And, um, and he was a big boy. He had mate, a big and, behind. And, and let's say he was on one. the end. I think he might have, <laughs> as we retired. Or, so he wasn't in impeccable shape. <laughs> yeah. He was, you know, and um, and uh, anyway, yeah, rocked me. And um I sort of, I think I was just like laying there and it definitely wasn't, it was a legal play, but I think that because I was skin and bones there too, I was like 80 kilos. And so the ref just felt sorry for me. And um, he gave me sort of that like, I, I thought he was going to pick me up and then he just faked the hand like, and so I was like, he, he just burnt me twice. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, but those ones, like, and then you go against like a Benny Thompson who played and, you know, it's always awesome when Nelly gets like, and, and Wollongong, you see these guys come up, um, Ben Melmoth, like you talk about him, um, Ben Knight was around, he was obviously still playing, mm -hmm. um, Brett Wheeler, just guys like that, that, yeah, when you grow up, you sort of were watching. Um, it's pretty crazy. Daryl McDonald, uh, I was part of a, an NBL elite camp years ago when I came back from college as an invitational thing and they sort of I think it was a way to make money basically but okay. it was like okay it's like the prospects camps now sure. um, and D-Mac was a coach and he just rocked up hat backwards and sort of he was supposed to just be like an ambassador like oh you know uh, show his parents but then within five minutes he was talking trash and like trying to get in guys and playing one Brilliant. on one um, so that sort of stuff you sort of like I was like I don't even care I'm just happy like seeing these guys so um, in their elements so now it's always good um, you know you Cal will tell you how good he is, and so he's always hear good stories. Brisbane, you know, we um, had the privilege of, you know, Leroy Loggins talking. I, I'm not sure if I ever heard Cal or Leroy um, just keep talking over each other, but you got to love it. I mean, that's the that's the history around it, and especially, I guess, from that. You know, I, I even I had a I just opened up and found it moving house, but a 1990 VCR. Okay. So I had to literally borrow it, but it was like uh, an old MBL like video, and it had like this theme song and everything, and it had like Dwayne McLean and um, you know Bruce Bolden, uh, yep. Melvin Thomas, like all these guys in their prime, and you're just like, I think Butch Hayes was still playing for the Falcons, and that sort of stuff. You just like go like that was me as a kid like loving it and even that you go like now I see like a kid at Walcott's practice and sort of he, I'm like him he must feel that like when he gets a photo of JP or Bryce he was me you know when I got a photo with Ricky Grace and absolutely you, you gotta love it and it really and when you talk about perspective it makes you feel yeah this is why I play this game is why I've worked so hard and why I want to you know get the team back on track it's, it is an awesome feeling for yeah, sure great to see that history being celebrated probably some old Eric Watterson easy plus ads in <laughs> the uh, in the community <laughs> breaks of those VHS tapes as well. For sure. Um, last fan question. This one's from Adelaide36's fans on Twitter, so you might have to be biased okay. in your answer here. Hardest player to guard in the NBL? 
Yeah, so it'll be funny. Current or this year? Yeah, this year I'll go just anyway. It seems ironic. Mitch Creek would definitely be the hardest guy currently just because he's an absolute beast. He's relentless, tenacious. Yep. He, he'll get Work himself. Off. Yeah, he, um, and he's good. And he's increased his output on the perimeter. He can score, you know, shoot from there consistently. But he, he's just, yeah, I mean, he gets the ball on the, on the on defensive end. He's run transition. He's quite good. Um, but for this year, yeah, I think a guy, I mean, obviously you're always biased if you own players and stuff like that but um, yeah I think like a, a, a Conger a, Bu- a Buford Mick, Mitch McCarron I think is really mm. good um, just because he's he's quite strong athletic quite crafty actually for a guy I think he's one of the top 10 players in the league he's just actually too unselfish I think he's an absolute star Yeah. Um, but yeah try and think about those guys and, and then you got to go like a guy like Kirk Penny because um, or Chris Golding you got to run around and screens the whole time, you know, yeah. and, they're, and they're great shooters. And once they get going, it's tough to tough to go. So I'm lucky I don't have to guard a, a quick guy like Randall. But um, yeah, I'd say those five, I guess. But I mean, it's quite quite a hefty list. But no, that that'd be some of the tougher guys. Yeah, for plenty sure. of talent floating around. Uh, crystal top, crystal ball time before I was we get close, out of here. Though, you wasn't were I? very close last two week. You said five threes. I know. So we, if we had two players, they got JK and yeah. Bryce had four. Yep. So you were very close on the. Yeah. Friday night. Yep. Um, I went a bit safer and said Wilbur would make a terrific entrance as the mascot, and he did. And he actually managed to come down from the roof. Did he go back to the normal stuff? He went, went, went back to, to the basics. normal stuff, yes. He ditched the banner that I <laughs> okay. think caused the problems okay. the week before. All right. So uh, he ironed out the kinks. Um, I'll go pretty basic this week. I think you guys will lead at halftime on Saturday night. Okay. It seems like forever since you had a lead at halftime. You've been Love down it. big at the main break in the past few weeks. So I think you guys are going to bounce back. You're going to start well against the breakers and and punch him in the mouth for want of a better term uh, to start things on Saturday night. I'm going to say we're going to have five guys scoring in double figures. Okay. So I think nice um, spread. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, what I've seen on please, but um, no, I think we're going to have some guys stepping up and, and uh, even the load as they say. For sure. Terrific. That's all we've got time for. Greg, thanks again for your company and Appreciate best of luck it, against the Breakers. Thanks, mate. And uh, to all our listeners, stay tuned to Perth Now and the West for all your sport news. We'll catch you next time. The Dribble Podcast is brought to you by Perth Now, your home of sporting action from home and abroad.